0: Doing it with excellence. What a gifted orator you are, right? I can talk. Uh, talk. Um, And praise the Lord for what he's done in your life and is doing in your life. Um, That's the special thing about all churches, is that God works through people, ministers to people. Cares for people through other people. This morning as we're gathered here, my hope and my prayer is that you've already been ministered to. You know, I sent out this, this word on Tuesday, and uh, the Tuesday email, kind of the devotional thought that I had was, you know, we got to hear Sam's testimony last week and... Um, and, and, and I just thought about like how he, just from the very first time he came into our church, like that first impression of coming in and, and seeing the fellowship with one another. And somebody, you know, extending a hand to him and saying, welcome. That, that, that's a starting point. And, and if you don't even get that starting point, sometimes that's, that's enough to make people go like, I, I just don't know. But that was a starting point. And then, And then just to see all that the Lord's done and just how fully, how fully it takes the full body of Christ to minister and, uh, and, and just affect a life. A life. And how beautiful it is that we get to affect a life, but we know that we're doing much more than just one life at a time, right? Um, so this morning, my prayer is that uh, you've already received some ministry just from the fellowship. You know, Miss Carey, Hootie Kim uh, uh I had to pronounce that at her wedding, uh, um, which I had the honor to officiate. Uh, she's she's here. Whenever she walks in, and she um, all the way from Africa. She was like, you know, where I've got to be Sunday, Friendswood Baptist Church. Any special reason why you're here, Ms. Carey? Yeah, we're having a baby. Her husband's in Timbuktu. I and mean, I'm not joking. He's literally in Timbuktu. He's, uh, he's a doctor, and uh, he is serving over there. And so she, um, it was either... Uh, be in uh, Kigali by herself um, and with her community there, of course, or be uh, with her mom and her dad and uh, and her friends and family here in this community. Um, and so she made the right decision. Um, <laughs> <I agree. laughs> but we're so happy for that. But as she comes in and fellowship happens. It's good. It's sweet. The songs minister to us. You know, how can I keep from singing your praise? That's like. That's like one of the most, um, uh, early praise and worship songs ever, right? It's just like, it's, 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 it's not brand spanking new or anything like that, right? But it just, it has the power to hit, uh, so good. And now as we come to the word, um, I hope in prayers that the Lord will minister, um, Speak to you, encourage you, comfort you, help you. Might even rebuke you this morning. Are we ready for that? If he does rebuke us, where does it come from? It comes from a loving father. Let's do this. Let's bow and ask the Lord. Thank him for the ministry that we've already received. And ask him to continue to minister to us. Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, I praise your name, celebrate you for this, um, this gift you've given us, the church, and this gift in particular, the Friends of Baptist Church. Uh, Lord, right now, I know that we're not the only church meeting in our community this morning. And so, Lord, I, even, I, I, I celebrate what you're doing in other churches around our city. In our, in our state in our nation this morning, Lord, how, you, how you are how you are loving and caring for your creation, for your children, for your son's disciples Lord and, and you are doing that through through millions of people, some people doing big, bold things and some people doing Seemingly insignificant things like just saying, hi, welcome. Lord, I thank you for how you ministered to us today. I pray um, that um, we will uh, come ready to receive what you have for us right now. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be with me, that you would give me the words to say clearly. And uh, that, Lord, none of the words that I speak will be uh, empty words, vain words, futile words. I'll we'll speak that which you, your spirit supplies, Lord. And God, I pray and I ask that uh, as we receive your word, we would do so so that we could continue being disciples of Jesus, so we could continue following in the way of Jesus, and so that we can Show others the way to Jesus and the way to follow Jesus with how we live, how we conduct our lives, Lord. Lord, I pray and I ask all these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. So, I'm, uh, I'm kind of feeling like Brittany this morning. Um. You know, I woke up and, uh, and uh, the Lord just started kind of pouring on my heart. You know, I'm not one to be overly critical of people. Uh, I won't, I won't, I won't usually bring it up in the first place. Um, but if asked, I might offer it. Or if uh, you know, I don't. I'm not the one who goes and wants to get, give all the gossip. But if I hear it, I don't shy away from listening. I, um, I, I, I don't know if you have this same proclivity, but sometimes, like, you know, when, when the opportunity presents itself to be judgmental, critical, or in any other way, dishonoring with my words about somebody. I find myself susceptible. Do you find yourself susceptible as well? It's an honest ask, and I'm, it's a rhetorical question, Brother Mike, so nobody uh, has to say it out loud. Do you find yourself susceptible? You know, one of the things I think about in the life of a believer, especially like where we grew up um, in, you know, the broader spectrum of evangelical Christianity in America uh, in the 19th century, late 19th, early 21st century, uh, that um, with like, with all of our moral codes and, 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 and some of y'all didn't even grow up in the broader spectrum of evangelical Christianity. Some of y'all grew up in the narrow spectrum of, you know, Baptist, um, Southern and or independent Baptist. And, uh, you know, that, uh, there wasn't only, um, there wasn't only like godly conduct that you were called to, but there, there was legalism, And uh, and and we were all, uh, you know, told certain things that that we needed to do, like uh, what kind of Bible we needed to carry. Right. And uh, and and it better have, you know, a certain 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 uh, uh, acronym. Is what I was going to say uh, on on the on the spine. Um, it has to have red letters so that you know when Jesus is speaking. Uh, some of y'all were told, "Hey, here's how you dress whenever you go to church," and uh, and, and if you don't do the, this, then then you know somebody's going to talk to you about it, or they're going to they're going to give you a look. Um, you know, uh, we, we were we were given all these uh, ethical moral codes. And there are easy things to check off the list. And we were told not to speak poorly of others. But let me ask you the question, where did that rank on our list? Did you think, man, I gossiped today? Oh, no. God, please forgive me like you would if you went out and got drunk? Or did you say, oh man, I said that guy's a jerk and I elaborated on it. And did you go, let me come confessing like you would if you said, A curse word. The F word. I have a sneaking suspicion that while you and I have been convicted of this from time to time in our lives, it didn't rank highly. It wasn't what the preacher was railing about. Like he would rail about other things. And so what I have found is that it's not only that we're all susceptible to this, but it's almost acceptable. And now let's be clear. It's not acceptable with everybody because you can't trust some people, but you have found who's, who is acceptable around. And sometimes you find yourself when you're with those certain people that all you're doing, criticizing other people's decisions, sharing other people's news, not in a rejoice with them type of a way. And so I feel and fear that we accept it with certain people, especially. We're susceptible to it. It's acceptable in certain scenarios with certain people. And so it can go unchecked. It can go unconfessed. it can be excused even. I I don't know if y'all experienced this. I've experienced this whenever, you know, I've said something, oh man. And then I did get convicted about it. And I was like, okay. And I went back to the the person that I said it to or the persons that I said it to. And I said, hey, you you know, I really, whenever I said this, I was dishonoring or whatever. And and y'all just need to know, like, y'all, I was wrong for that, forgive me what what comes back to me. Oh it's okay. We know we, we know we know you. Not like hey you're right for you're wrong for doing that and we 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 receive your you know we receive your confession we, we extend the forgiveness of God to you right that kind of thing. No, it gets excused. Well we know who you are huh. we know you were just angry Sometimes if it gets excused by others, it's easy for us to what? Excuse ourselves. So, all this to say. I think it's necessary that we spend some time thinking about our words. What proceeds out of our mouth? What was that thing that finally that finally got them off Peter's back the night that Jesus was arrested What, what was the thing that he did See we've often said Peter denied Christ. But y'all know in Matthew's gospel, it says that Peter, uh, he cursed and denied him. Now, anybody growing up in evangelical Christianity thought he said the D word and then he cursed and then he denied him, right? Everybody with me on that one? He said a curse word. But what is a curse, really? He cursed Jesus in his denial. He spoke evil of Jesus. Does that send shivers up your spine when you think about that? Give you a little bit of goosebumps. Tightened your skin a little bit. He cursed Jesus? Do you think that Jesus. The Jesus who revealed himself. As a humble suffering servant. Would think that Peter's cursing of him. was worse than your slander of your friend. Well, maybe because they're my friend, yeah, okay. Of your boss, Not, not, not the bosses that you love, right? Those of you who hate your boss. And I know y'all don't hate them because you've learned how to sidestep saying that word. But you strongly dislike. And you have a great contempt for. My whole supposition will be this. If we know how deeply sorrowful Peter felt after he cursed Jesus and denied him. And we know that Jesus would not put himself above anybody else. That Jesus would say, It's not only me that you need to feel deeply sorrowful for cursing, but it's the least of these. It's anyone we should feel deeply sorrowful for slandering, for gossiping about. we consider this then when we get to a very simple text that a text that you could just go you could just almost just read right through it you won't read right through it we won't read right through it here's the text james chapter number four Verse number eleven. Speak not evil one of another, brethren, my brothers and my sisters. Speak not evil one. Of another. Can't we just read right through that? We can just read right through that. Now, this exhortation um, is kind of the conclusion. of a context Uh, beginning in chapter 3 verse number 1 James talks about speech but he's speaking in particular to teachers Um, a a lot of teachers a lot of preachers I don't think uh, have have understood this text very well because it says in chapter 3 verse number 1 hey my brothers and my sisters be not many masters or teachers knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, the greater judgment. I think most teachers and preachers have found themselves quite confident in their position, and they've told everybody else, hey, you need to watch out. I mean, God put it on me, but I don't know that he's going to put it on you, right? And and found themselves quite confident in that situation. And and, and then they move on, and and, and the rest of the the next little section is what he says is, he says, your tongue can do a great world of good, but it can also do a great world of harm. And maybe not everybody else has misread this, but there was a time in my life when I thought he was saying, hey, why should everybody watch out from being teachers and preachers? is because, you know, some people just don't know what to say. And really what he's saying is we're going to receive the greater judgment. And then he says, we stumble, we offend, we, we fall in a lot of ways as teachers. But one way in particular that we fall Is with the words that we use. Uh, critical, condemning words that we use. He says, with one mouth, we bless God and we curse others. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in one of these Situations or settings, but, but, but I've, I've seen it portrayed in movies. I've also uh, seen it uh, with my own two eyes and ears and real and living color and full flesh and blood. But I've been there when somebody has gotten up to preach, and what they've done is point out the error. Of everybody else. And they've called people scum. Not just the people outside of the church. But the people inside of the church too. I had a gentleman tell my father. The reason why they were going to leave our church. He said because you don't preach hard enough at me. I heard another family member of mine said, man, I like preaching that rips my face off. Shall we gather at the Right? So he starts out with this whole context that says to teachers, you need to be careful. That you're not sitting there trying to bless God. And in your blessing of God, you're cursing the congregation. Or cursing the world outside the congregation. And then he moves on. And he goes on through some other exhortations, and they're all kind of closely tied to this theme. But 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 he gets to it, and at the end he says, not only do the teachers not need to curse the congregation, as it were. But brothers and sisters don't speak evil one another of one another. And in, this, and in this passage, we get an idea of why, why would we do this? Why would we speak evil one of another? We find that at the beginning of chapter 4. It says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Now, let's just stop for a second and go, war and fighting is on a spectrum, do we start with war and fighting? Or do we start somewhere else? Do not wars and fightings, aren't those kind of like the end results of a series of results or a series of actions? He says, where does this end result come from? And he's going to talk about the heart, but let's think about this practically for a second. Why did you square up to the bully in third grade? Or why were you, as the bully, squared up against in third grade? Because you said something about his mama. Right or wrong? Or his looks? Or his slur? Or his four eyes. Wars and fightings start with words. But he says, where do these words come from? And I hope that's not too far of a jump for y'all, but I don't think it is. He says, do they not come even of your lust, your desires, that war in your members, that war inside your body. You you desire to have and you do not have it. So you'll kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and you war yet you have not. He's going to go on to practically say, because you've not asked in faith. But what he identifies as the problem why do we speak evil of one another? It's because we're not satisfied in ourselves. Now, we can speak of this very, you know, very big, grand, existentially right? Just, just have confidence and assurance of yourselves. But, but let's think about this more practically. Let's think about it on, on a more day-in, day-out basis. You're not feeling like you're fitting in with that group of people at your job. They seem to all be getting along without you. And you don't like that. It presses on your heart. But you don't acknowledge that. So you just instead decide to slander them. Are we tracking? That's the... That's where those moments come up. What happens in my life is my wife did not acknowledge all the things that I was doing or have done today, and she just asked me to do something else. And what I really desire was for her to not ask me because she recognized all that I have already done. I I desired, not even that she said, good job, Macaulay. Just that she would say, I'm not going to put anything else on you. But she didn't. And so now I'm mad. And so now I go and I do it. I get the glass out of the cupboard. But the cupboard, for some reason, doesn't shut. It gets slammed shut. And I'm mumbling under my breath. And she goes... If you have something to say, say it to my face. And I go, okay. In those moments, I'm desiring something, I'm not satisfied. And, and, and it comes out in all types of actions, but my most hurtful way is words that cut. And I can cut with words. I can shoot some fiery darts. And I can say I'm sorry. But you know the thing about an arrow? It sticks. And it stays with somebody. So, when we get to James saying, speak not evil one of another. He's already told us as teachers, you shouldn't be blessing God and cursing people. That's not the way that this goes. It's not the best way to teach. That's a condemnable way, a damnable way to teach. And then he says, hey, where does all this stuff come from anyways? Where does all this hostility arise from? This hostility that allows you to do not only drop bombs on people, but shoot arrows from your mouth at one another. Well, doesn't that come from this place where you're not satisfied And then what does he say doesn't happen? He says, you you desire these things. You desire to have your wife acknowledge you. Which sounds so pathetic, but guess what? I'm not not less pathetic than anyone else, okay? And what I mean by that is this way. What I'm saying is, I want you all to know, there's, my collar's not on, on backwards, right? Brittany and I deal with the same lived-out flesh-and-blood situations that every single one of us deals with. I wish, I wish I were a better man and weren't tempted by these things. But guess what? I'm not. What's more is I know that we're all tempted in the same ways. I wish I were a better man and not so subject To all these things. But sadly I'm not. So he says you want these things. But you don't ask them. So I want to just talk about this. For a couple of minutes. Who do you ask? Have you ever found. That you're sitting around. And you're. You're complaining. Because somebody asked for your help. And you're going, why can't they just do it themselves? Don't they know what I have going on? Well, did you tell them? Did you tell them? See, I think this asking thing, first we need to kind of consider, sometimes we don't even just share our real feelings with one another. Well, as a Christian, I'm not supposed to share my real feelings with people. I'm supposed to grin and bear it, right? No. No, I think that's the lie. Don't you? See, the, the lie is, is that I, I can't tell somebody no. You know, I, I know pastors and ministers deal with this and people always go, well, I know you're probably asked a lot, but you know what? I think everybody deals with this. I think everybody's asked a lot of. You know what? I, why don't we ask? Not only because of that moral obligation aspect of things, right? That moral obligation or that faith obligation, that Christian obligation. while I'm just supposed to grin and bear it. I can't tell them, hey, you know what? I've done a lot today and I really need some time. It's not only that. There's this other thing that goes on. We want to be better than that. We want to be bigger than that. We want to be able to do it all. I don't want to tell them that I'm weak and that I'm tired. Because if I say, hey, I would really love to help you, but I'm weak and I'm tired, or or, let's not say this, say it this way. If I, if they say, could you help me? And I say, I would really like to help you, but you know what? I've already done this, this, and this today. What we're afraid of is that they're going to think you're pathetic. You're weak. You're tired. And guess what? They might. You felt that way about somebody, haven't you? Have you not thought, I can't believe it. Or you might think, not only this moral obligation, but also this pride ego aspect. Well, I I got I I can do anything, and they better, you know, and I want to prove that I can do anything. Uh, But then there's this other thing. Well, they helped me and now I owe it to them. So all this to say, I think if we are going to say, how do we not speak evil of one another? We don't just muscle up and not speak evil of one another. Part of how we do not speak evil of one another is we just speak Honestly, to one another. The other thing is is we talk to God about it. And I was thinking about this. I didn't have a lot of training growing up. And I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just telling you my story. I didn't have a lot of training growing up telling God that my sister was driving me crazy. In fact, usually, whenever we heard those prayers, it was like, oh, that silly little kid talking to God. Right? Listen to this. Dear God, my mom was mean to me today, right? And then everybody giggles, and oh my goodness, kids don't know any better. Maybe they know the best. We've talked about lament and grief and prayer. The Psalms are filled with it. You, you, you know, sometimes the way that my heart gets righted towards my wife without us having a big blow up is me going to the Lord and saying, I'm so mad at her. I, I'm angry that she did not do this. I wish she would have done this. And I know y'all, y'all, some of y'all might get this. Some of y'all might go, oh, and then, and then what happened? Did you run off the road because the angel <laughs> made you run off the road and you, you died, right? You're, this is your spirit here because you don't talk to God like that. But you know what I found is that's opened up space, not for a friend of mine who has flesh and blood like me, to jump on the bandwagon with me to say, yeah, she's stupid. And I can't believe she didn't do that either. I mean, I know that never happens with y'all, right? You never get with a group of friends and you're complaining about something and then they jump on the bandwagon too, but I've been there. And if I went and told one of my friends, it's easy for one of my friends to go, oh, let me tell you about my wife and then we sound pathetic we don't think we sound pathetic in the moment in the moment we feel like yeah you get me and i get you brothers oh right but really anybody sitting on the outside looking in is like look at these whiners just <laughs> these little complainy babies <laughs> Oh, your wife didn't treat you good today. Oh, boo. That's how I feel about it whenever I think about it in real terms. It's like, how pathetic. But my Lord, who doesn't have the same flesh and blood as I do, but is led by his spirit that is patient and gentle and tempered, the Lord will receive it. He'll receive it. And then the Lord, through His Spirit, will go, okay, are you done? And then the Lord, through His Spirit, will say, "Macaulay, you don't need that. Your flesh craves that, I know. Or He'll say, You know what? You do need that, but you need to communicate health in a healthy way with your wife about that. So maybe instead of being all mad and muttering under your voice and slamming cabinets, there's a better way to talk about it. And my wife has told me before, if you need a break, just tell me you need a break. Instead of. Now, I'm only using us as an example today. Don't think that she got up this morning and had what she had on her heart, and I got up this morning and had what I had on my heart because we had a big fight yesterday. We did not have a big fight yesterday. This is just the easiest, clearest way that I know to tell this information because I can speak to you conceptually, abstractly, but that doesn't get to you. It has to be lived reality. See, we don't ask people because we don't want them to know that we're vulnerable. We don't ask people because we want to try to convey that we have it all together. We don't talk to people clearly, say, hey, what you did hurt my feelings, because if I did that, then I'm under their power, and I'm not giving them that kind of authority over my life. And so we continue to have these unfulfilled desires that we try to fulfill through hurting people. And before we ever physically hurt people, we hurt people with our words. And sometimes thoughtlessly, we hurt people because you're sitting around in a group and you start talking about somebody. Have y'all been in that situation where you're talking about somebody and then they walk in? Those are always fun moments, aren't they? The whole conversation goes quiet. And somebody goes, Oh, were y'all talking about me? And y'all go, How oh, do they know? They know. <laughs> we were. So we need to get healthy in how we communicate with one another. And here, here's, I said this a couple weeks ago, but here's the deal. You know, like I said, if somebody asks you for something and you can't do it, or you don't want to do it. You know, maybe the Spirit needs to deal with you about wanting to do it. But maybe you really, you really need the time. God does give us time. He gives us Sabbath rest for a reason. Uh, maybe. Uh, I lost my train of thought there. I don't know what happened. Frustrating. Maybe they will get upset with you. And maybe you just give them time to process it like you needed time to process it. I'm not going to say that we're going to live in a world of roses. Because we're not. So I'm not going to say if we can communicate healthily that everything's going to be good. There will always be conflict. There will always be struggle. But what I do know is this. Is that it's wrong to speak evil of somebody. And so I think having an honest conversation that might be a hard conversation that will create conflict is always going to be right and more honorable than not having an honest conversation and talking bad about somebody. So I'm not saying that there's not going to be conflict. Do not get me wrong. I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher. Y'all might be surprised to hear that today, but I'm not right Miss Terry, I love you, you got that. You're the only one I wanted to laugh at my joke. All right, The second thing is this: we, we need to be free before the Lord, to trust Him as a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And whenever you're hurt, because they're hanging out without you, God cares. And he will hear you. And whenever you go to him and you say, God, I'm really hurt because they're doing this. He will listen to you. And I trust. Through his spirit, he will minister to you. And he'll say, "Okay," And he might say. That stinks. I'm sorry. Are you going to talk to them about it? And you're going to go, no. I don't want to talk to them about it. They should just know. And he's gonna go, they're not gonna know your heart if you don't talk to them about it. And you're gonna go, but I don't want to talk to them about it. And he's gonna go, okay, but you need to talk to them about it. Until you go, all right, I'm going to talk to them about it. And then he's gonna go, okay, but wait, how are you gonna talk to them about it? Are you gonna go tell them? are you going to go humbly? Vulnerably? And you're going to go, I like the former. I want to yell at them. And he's going to go, no. When we have healthy communication with our God about what we desire, he is able to minister to us. But see, what we've always done with these desires things is we've always said, well, you know, I'm not going to pray for a Mercedes, you know, that, that kind of thing. But let's get more deep than that. I desire to be accepted, God. I struggle that I'm not. I desire to be appreciated. I desire acknowledgement. When we can talk to God and we can communicate with others, we can make sure that we're not gonna speak evil one of another. Again, we don't guarantee that there's not gonna be conflict that still has to be worked through. But we can stop Going behind people 's back, murmuring, slandering, vilifying. We can stop getting a group of people to go, "Do you see what I see? Are we all together? And I always think about the beauty and the beast thing, like, what do we want to do after this? Like we all just vented all this. It's like, let's kill the beast, right? You know, like that's, that's what you feel. Like you, you just got this whole group together and everybody's like, yeah, we get it. And then guess what? And what does this text say? You obtain nothing. You've killed somebody. You've slandered them. You did just like Peter did with Jesus. You cursed them and you denied them. And your desire has still gone unsatisfied. This is how our words betray us. Let us not be be betrayed by our words. Amen? Amen? Let's do this. Let's bow our heads and our hearts. Let's go to the Lord. I'm going to pray over us in just a moment. But what I want you to do is spend some time hearing God. Listening to him, maybe not only hearing God and listening to what he's already said, but but maybe you take something that you've heard. Maybe you go, oh, God, I need to confess. Maybe you need to come to God and you need to go, God, you know what? I'm one of those people who wants to be acknowledged and I struggle whenever I'm not acknowledged. I'm one of those people who wants appreciation. Here's what I'll I'll say to you right now. God's not going to be surprised by this. It might have been a revelation to you to talk to him about it, but he's not surprised by it. And, and here's the other thing. He, he doesn't think less of you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he's like, hey, I knew this about you and I loved you then. I love you now. and I'm going to love you right through this. So maybe you need to come and you need to, you need to just start sharing your heart about like, hey, God, this is me. Maybe there's something that is, that you are, maybe it's not a new thing. Maybe it's an age old thing in your life, but somebody hurt you a long time ago and you continue to be unsatisfied and your desire for that right, for that wrong to be righted. And so you keep holding on to this vengeance and this hate. And every time that their name is brought up, you're like, Oh, that person, let me tell you about that person. Maybe you need to come to God and say, God, I, I'm, I want them to hurt. Oh, let God speak into that and say, let him correct your heart. Let him hear your heart. Let him correct it. Lord, I come to you right now. And I confess, Lord, I... I can use my words intentionally to hurt people and thoughtlessly and carelessly to hurt people. God, I don't want to do that. And so God I pray and I ask that you would be with me that you would strengthen me so that I could be and give me the wisdom to know whenever I'm, I, I I'm lacking whatever it is, whatever desire, I I'm looking for Lord. Give me the wisdom to know what am I seeking, and, and give me the wisdom to to not run to a friend and vent my frustration, but Lord, to run to you first. And I can vent it to you, Lord, and I can complain to you. I can cry to you. I can be angry with somebody to you, and I can trust that you're gentle, patient kind, uh, uh, tempered spirit will listen to me and will speak to me. God, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. I pray that if there's prayers of confession here, you receive them and you assure them of their forgiveness. Lord, if there's prayer for uh, like... Uh, desires, unmet desires, that Lord, you would you would hear them and that you would minister and that you would uh console and that you would lead them to, to, to truth and to righteousness, Lord. Lord, if there's prayers of hurt, age-old hurt, that are brought before you, Lord, I pray that you will receive them. And that you tenderly, caringly will. Minister to my brothers and sisters and lead them lead them to to, to have forgiveness and restoration in their hearts Lord. I lift up these prayers to you and I pray all these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name brother Mitch and the team are going to begin singing here in a moment you take your time that you need with the Lord and whenever you're ready to join in the song you join in the song if you need to pray with somebody or you want to talk to me, I'll be down here. Brother um, minute.